This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. There's something about those lyrics in that song that, I don't know, I've always resonated with, that feeling of being alone, walking through life alone. Like, especially when you're going through a challenge or difficult season, there's something that we all can maybe say, I, I feel like that especially in this time that we're in right now. And, and I think there's a time that we can feel like that, especially when we've had our dreams for life get put on hold or worse, maybe just get shattered. I don't know what your story has been like, but there have been times in my life where I've had incredible dreams of what I was looking forward to. Years ago, when uh, I had first met Christy, I'd just moved down to San Diego. I'd finished up school and It was a chance to just step into my first real job, my first real place of ministry to to join this amazing church and and meet Christy. A good friend was playing matchmaker and set us up and she was working on staff at that church as well. And we fell in love and we got to serve and do all sorts of neat things in this church. We got married in this church and and it was great. And and we both felt like this is where we were going to be until we died. This was our dream to to serve together in this community, in this church. And, and then it was time to start a family. And, and so we were trying to figure out what that would look like for us in life. And, and in that, that time where so much was happening and, and good things were taking place, we, we got this new boss that came in and, and was just doing some good stuff in and, and that year that we got to work with this person together. And then I remember one day I went in to meet with him and and we were just kind of talking about some possibilities of future opportunities. And I was looking forward to maybe being able to step into some new things because I was going to become the, the sole breadwinner as Christy was going to take that, that at-home role with, with our kid that was on the way. And, and somewhere in that conversation, things took a left turn. Like somewhere in that conversation, we're having the wrong conversation. And, and I hear these words coming out of his mouth that were like, Hey, Joel, I don't, I don't really think you have a future here anymore. Like... I just, I don't think it's a fit. I don't think it's going to work. And, and I was like, what? Like, how many years have we been here? How many years have we been dreaming towards a future? And, and in one moment, in one five-minute segment of a conversation, everything just came crumbling down. And, oh, and I remember going home after that. And I got home before Christy, and I just got to her house. And, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I knew I was going to have to share this news with her. And, and I had felt like such a failure in that moment that, that I was somehow responsible for this dream we had together coming to an end. And I just, I remember laying in our bed, just kind of curled up in the dark and, and crying and, and just feeling like maybe she'd be better off without me because this is our dream that's dying right now. I don't know if you've ever been there, if you've ever felt like that, but what do you do? Like, what do you do when your dreams are shattered? Like, what do you do when your dream of happily ever after isn't, well, it isn't so happy and it isn't so ever after like you thought it was going to be here? What do you do when your dream of creating a family is crumbling all around you because you've suddenly been left and you're, you're holding all the pieces and all the responsibility? What do you do when the dream of a better year is fading away because we're all in this lockdown and stuck sheltering in place. And, 
these plans we had for this year are on hold or perhaps missed forever because you can't get some things back or, or your job, your job's on hold or maybe it's gone. Money's getting tight and you're wondering, where's that check that was supposed to be coming in the mail or deposited into my account? And, and maybe it's even more scarier than that. Maybe you feel this thing in your chest right now and you're wondering, is, it, is this it? Do I got it? See, because I, I think those are the moments that cause us to ask questions about life, to question life, that, that I think if we're going to be really honest, that actually cause us to question God. Like, God, where, where are you in all this? Like, God, are, are, you, are you good? Are you for me? Are you even real? Like, God, where are you? See, I think it's... It's such a tragic day when you suddenly realize that dreams can be shattered. Despite our potential, our greatness, despite how good life can be going, it's, it's a tragic day when you also suddenly realize that life can be incredibly harsh. and It's not always fair and things don't go our way. And yet I don't think that we have to just throw in the towel. Just... Because life can get dark doesn't mean that God is done with our story. And just because we can get knocked down, it doesn't mean we can't learn how to stand once again and stand tall. And so I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. We're going to be taking a look at the story, one of the stories we have in the scriptures, the life of a guy named Joseph. And we're going to look at his story and what God did through his story. Because what we can learn from Joseph's story, I think, can absolutely give us hope for our stories today. And so we're going to jump into his story and unpack it. And some of you may have grown up with it. You may be familiar with it. Some of you, this might be totally new to you. Maybe you only knew of Joseph because he had this amazing Technicolor dream coat and they sang some songs about him on a stage one, one day. But no matter what you know or don't know about Joseph, I think there's some great things that we can learn. And, and so this is what we see in Joseph's story. His story starts out incredibly bright. Like he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth until one day everything comes crashing down. And so in the first book in the Bible, in the last chapters of that book, in the book of Genesis, we meet Joseph. And this is what we read. It says, this is the account of Jacob and his family. Jacob is Joseph's dad. And when Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the son of his father's wives, Billa and Zilpah. And so it's a big blended family. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers we're doing. So Joseph was that guy in the family. He was the snitch, the tattletale, the one we all love. <laughs> and yet look at this. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph was born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made just for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. And Joseph's family had some issues. Can you relate to that? Have you noticed that almost every family has issues? There's, there's jealousy, there's challenges, there's, there's frustrations. 
And Joseph's in the middle of all of that with his family. And yet, despite the dysfunctional family dynamics, Joseph had dreams. In fact, he had dreams for his life. And this is what we read as the story progresses, that one night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. And suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you're going to reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. So it wasn't just that Joseph had dreams of greatness. It's he didn't really know how to share them in a way that didn't sound kind of cocky and arrogant. And his dreams in no way endured him to his family. In fact, we're told that he has another dream. And this is a dream about stars and moons. And somehow Joseph's one of those things. And, and his whole family's there. But they, their, their stars all bow down to him. And, and he tells this story. And even his dad is a little put off by this one. He's like, come on, son. Like, this isn't going to happen. And, and so there was a lot of tension in this family. And, and despite his dreams for his life, his dreams that he was made to do something great, Things are about to take a dark turn. We're told this later on in that same chapter 37, that when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, see, they would be out shepherding for days on end. And so dad sends Joseph to go check up on his oldest brothers because he's that guy in the family. Go make sure they're not being, doing something stupid. So when his brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans, catch this, to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. And then we'll see what comes of his dreams. That's huge. Like, I have wanted to kill my siblings. I've been in that place, but like not actually do it. But they are plotting with malicious intent. Like, they actually want to end him. That's how much they hate him. And so when Joseph arrived... His brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. And then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. And now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. So it's like this well that they found and they just threw him down in it. And he's now trapped in this place. And then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. And it was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. And so Judah said to his brothers, so one of the older brothers says this, hey, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to these Ishmaelite traders. I mean, after all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. Like, oh, thanks for looking out for me, big brother. I'm so glad that you're looking, like you don't want to kill me. You just, just sell me as a slave. Wonderful. And his brothers agreed. And so when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern, sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. And then we're told that the brothers take this special robe that their father had given Joseph, and they rip it, and they put animal's blood on it, and they come home, and they say, oh, father, we think Joseph was killed by animals, and they cover up the story. And here is Joseph. 
in an instant. His dreams of a life of greatness, his dreams of being a favorite son are over. They're dashed. And in a moment, it all comes down and ends like that. Just like that. Just like that, his dreams are over. His life becomes a living nightmare. Can you imagine what that must have been like for him? Thrown into this well, cut off from the light of day, and he can hear them up there talking about him. Like, let's kill him. What a little punk. No, let's not kill him. Let's, let's sell him. That would be so much better. In one moment, it was over. Isn't that what it feels like? Like when everything that you're hoping for, everything you're dreaming of ends and you're left standing there or you've been laid low holding the pieces and thinking, what on earth is going on? What do you do when your dreams are shattered and where's God in all of this? Listen, those are serious questions. Ones that warrant deep wrestling and the kind that you just can't dismiss or move past or sing a happy song and hope it's going to be okay. It's, it's important to wrestle with those questions. But, but I think before we dive into those questions, I think there's another question we have to ask ourselves. A deeper kind of question that, that unless we wrestle with this question first, I don't think we'll get very far with the other questions. And so here's the question. Whose dreams are you dreaming today? I mean, are the dreams that you have for your life simply your dreams or, or are they more than that? Are these like God dreams, dreams that God is putting in you because he's calling you into something bigger, something more? See, I don't, I don't know about you, but my dreams aren't always God's dreams. And his dreams are definitely not always mine. And it's something important to wrestle with because there's a world of difference between our dreams just by themselves and the dreams that God has for us, the ones that he wants to dream with us. I think one of the big differences between just our dreams versus dreams that God has for us is, is that our dreams they're pretty cool. Sometimes they're just way too small. Here's what I mean. They're too small because most of the time they're just about us. Like here's how my dreams typically go. My dreams are about my happiness, my comfort, my convenience. They're about me. And maybe we'd say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, they're small. Because dreams like that, dreams that are just about me, they're going to end with me, because when my life is over, those dreams end. I don't take any of that stuff with me. None of that goes with me. Just if I'm in the ground, it's in a cushy coffin, but the dream's over. But see, God's dreams are anything but small. His dreams are big and grand, and, and his dreams are big because they're about, they're about what he wants to do with you and with me, what he wants to do, not just in us, but what he wants to do through us. And though God's dreams, 
They're for us. Oh, they're never, ever just about us. They're big dreams because they're bigger than us. And here's something else that's different about God's dreams and ours. Our dreams, all by, all by ourselves, they're just, they're too weak. They're too weak to actually come into something bigger, something bigger. They're too weak because they're dependent upon our ability to bring them to life, to bring them into reality. And so hear me right now. I'm, I'm not saying don't dream. I'm, I'm not saying don't have ambition or don't have desires to chase after things in life. But, but we got to be careful. So I'm not advocating negativity or pessimism or somehow living a cynical or jaded life. Like, please strive for positivity. Strive to be a person who brings some spark of joy wherever you go in life. But, but if it's just us, it doesn't matter how positive you are. The world's bigger than any single one of us. And there's going to be moments in life we're going to get laid low. This world's going to knock us down. But see, here's what's beautiful about God's dreams. They're not weak at all. I mean, they're strong. These are strong dreams because they're grounded in him and, and who he is, not, not our power all by ourselves. They're grounded in what God wants to do and, and what he wants to do through us. And the beauty of God's dreams is that he shares them with us because he wants to invite us to partner with him in bringing these dreams into reality and and in doing so, God does so much of the heavy lifting along the way. And see, I think this is such an important question to wrestle with. Like, whose dreams are you dreaming? Because the sooner we gain clarity on that, the sooner we can actually begin to partner with God and, and let him shape us and shape our lives. And the sooner we begin to live the kind of life we are ultimately created to live, a, a life that's big and full of adventure and full of things we never knew we could do or were capable of or that God would want to lead us into. And, and see, I think that's so much of what Jesus was about. I mean, Jesus said that he came, that we would have a life, that we'd have it to the full. And yet to step into that life means that sometimes our dreams have to die to make room for those bigger dreams, those greater things that God has for us. And see, the reason we've got to get clear on this, on whose dreams we're dreaming, is because it matters. It, it matters for when life goes crazy and things come crashing down around us and it doesn't go the way we were hoping. It matters because if we're dreaming God's dreams with him, then those dreams don't end just because life gets crazy, just because we get laid down, laid low. Those dreams don't end just because we find ourselves in a dark place. They're just taking on a new, a new, a new dimension because God's at work doing things that we can't always see in the moment. And this is what I love about Joseph's story. Even though things get dark, the dream's not over because there's some important things to understand about God's dreams. See, I think there's some things 
to understand about God's dreams, even when everything's been taken from us and, and our dreams are lying on the ground. And here's one of the things to understand. God's dreams don't end just because something breaks. See, Joseph's dreams, they were not just his own. These were God's dreams given to him. And in his youth, he was giving Joseph a glimpse of what he was going to do through his life. And see, so here's what we can know about his story because of where we stand in history. We can look back from our vantage point and we can see the whole story unfolding, even though Joseph can't in this moment. We can see it. And, and I would encourage you as we're going through this, grab the Genesis, book of Genesis and read through Joseph's story so you're in sync as we talk about this. But here's what's going to happen. God is going to save Joseph and his entire dysfunctional family by bringing Joseph to a place of power and prominence. So that he's in a position to take care of his family. And see, God's dreams are so much greater than just that, though. Because, yes, God's going to save Joseph and his family, but God's going to do something through Joseph. God's actually going to keep a greater promise that he made. So because Joseph is the great-grandson of a guy named Abraham. And so if you go backwards in the story to Abraham, you, you realize that God shows up in Abraham's story and says, Hey, Abraham, I actually want to use you to bless everyone on earth. Like, Abraham, I've made this promise to rescue the human race out of its brokenness. And, and through you, I will bless all the nations because through you, I will send my rescuer. And see, God had made a promise that through Abraham, he's going to do something incredible. And so Jesus is actually a descendant from Abraham's family tree. And so what we see going on in Joseph's story is that God is going to use Joseph to save the family tree. I mean, talk about an epic dream for your life. I mean, this is beyond the scope of anything Joseph could even understand. And you know, that's how incredible God's dreams are. They're so much bigger than us. But in this moment, Joseph doesn't have the advantage of seeing the whole story unfold. I mean, all he can see in this moment right now is, is his family disappearing on the horizon as he's heading off to Egypt in slavery. And all his dreams are shattered. His life is over. But listen, God's dreams don't end just because something breaks. And here's something else to understand about God's dream. God's dreams unfold in His timing, not ours. So if that first idea gives me hope, this one just frustrates me. It frustrates me because when, when, when God in, invites you into His dreams, when He births something new in you, well, you want to see it come to fulfillment like right now. And, and you get this sense with Joseph as, as God's giving him these dreams for his life, this glimpse of his future, and, and that he just doesn't fully understand what to do with it because he doesn't have the maturity yet at this point in his life to grasp what it means. I mean, if anything, he's jumping the gun with God's timeline for this dream and, and he's embracing them in a childlike posture. He's just basically saying to his family, look how awesome I am and you're all going to bow down to me. Because that's how you endure, endear yourself to people. You just tell them how great you are and that they should all come about you. That's how you make friends. 
No way. I mean, this only created further resentment with his family. I see the reason it's God's timing and not ours is because we're not always ready to embrace God's dreams for us. Not yet, anyway. And God knows us better than we know ourselves. And He knows who we need to become so we will be ready to grab on to the dreams He has for us. And see, there's a whole story that's unfolding in Joseph's life. Like between the start of the story that we see in Genesis 37 to its climactic moment in Genesis chapter 50, it's going to take something like 13 years of Joseph's life to unfold. 13 years before Joseph sees what God was up to in the story, what God was preparing for him and preparing him for. 13 years to see the dream unfold. And Joseph's story, it's going to take some dark twists and turns. But each step of the way, God was actually positioning him and moving him closer to the prize. And so when life takes a dark turn, when, when it feels like all is lost and your dreams are lying shattered on the ground, hold fast. Hold fast because God has you and he has dreams for you. And God's dreams don't end just because something breaks. And God's dreams unfold in his timing, not ours. You got to hold fast because it's so easy in the dark moments to cry foul, to, to shake a fist to heaven and say, God, where are you in all of this? And it's easy to lose hope when all seems lost, when it seems like our dreams are over. So where is God in the midst of those moments? Well, he's with us. He's right there with us, whether we can see it or not. Because that's what he promised, that he would never leave us or forsake us. And we see that in Joseph's story. At the start of the next chapter of his story, we see the very beginning moments as he's heading into Egypt. And look what we discover. It says that when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. And Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. See, God's getting him closer to where he needs him to be, though Joseph doesn't understand it. But look at this. The Lord was with Joseph. God had not abandoned him. God had gone with him, and he was there. And so he, so Joseph succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. And see, God hasn't abandoned him. His story isn't over. God is with him, and God is still for him. So what do you do? What do any of us do? You stay faithful to what God has placed in front of you today. You stay faithful because that is how you will see God's dreams come to life, how they will unfold in your life. And when we hold fast in the midst of whatever we're facing today, we position ourselves for something greater down the road. Because faithfulness today always allows God to prepare you for the fulfillment of his dreams for you tomorrow. So this isn't the year you were hoping for. Same for me. 
things aren't quite going how we dreamed, are they? Like when 2020 rolled around and we all said, Happy New Year and raised the glass. This is not the year I think we were expecting. And yet no pandemic can derail God's dreams for our lives. So maybe, maybe what he wants to do in the midst of this season is a deep work in you. Maybe he wants to teach you how to trust and love even when it hurts, even when it's hard. And maybe he wants to do something through you even now in the midst of this. Maybe he wants to do something through you right where you are with the people you're with or the people that you can reach out to because he's still at work in your story. And so friends, listen. Don't you dare stop dreaming just because it's hard, just because it can hurt right now. Don't ever give up on God's dreams just because they seem broken today because the story is still being written. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.